This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. Enjoying the podcast each week? Then support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash radiomike. It's the best way to support the show and you even get a bonus podcast every Friday, The Pat and Mike Show with me and producer Pat. We're an independent podcast, so any support is greatly appreciated. Everything you see on this show is done by me and Pat. We don't have a big team, we don't have a big budget, but we get it done every week and we could use your support. Patreon.com slash radiomike. You can give $4 a month, which is a dollar a week, which basically comes down to $1 an episode. If you'd give us a dollar an episode, please sign up now. Today on the show, I'm trying to get my head around this writer's strike. Final Fantasy 16 came out and apparently it's amazing. Plus, we're doing songs you forgot existed for the first time in a while. All that and more on 20th Century Boy, the show that does the bare minimum to keep you maximum entertained. to 20th Century Boy. My name is My Cart Will Go On, and this is the inside of my mind. Welcome to the show. Of course, my name is Radio Mike, but I start the show each week, as you know, if you're a long-term listener, but if if you're not, welcome, if this is your first episode. I start the show each week with a different Mike-themed pun, Uh, and I have said for a while that these are a huge struggle to come up with. Put it out on my Twitter. I said, hey, if anyone has any suggestions for these please let me know because uh, I'm finding it really hard. And boy, oh boy, did you guys deliver. Mike Hart will go on was uh, submitted by, you know, one of you guys. So really, really appreciate uh, you guys coming to the rescue with these. Uh, Of course, a reference to My Heart Will Go On. Kind of topical, the song from Titanic. And of course, over the last few weeks, the Titanic submersible thing. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, Settling well into this new place, new place in Richmond, close to the MCG, really enjoying it. Uh, Great area. Bumped into a lot of sort of local celebrities, actually. Um, This must be kind of like a densely sort of uh, celeb populated area. Of course, I know that um, Andy Lee lives around here. I know Alex Dyson recently moved to this area. And uh, recently, not sure if they live or work here, but I saw Sam Pang uh, down in front of my building. And as well as that, the other day, saw Waleed Ali and Nazim Hussain. Waleed, of course, from The Project and Nazim, uh, a stand-up comedian. Saw them having coffee or brunch or lunch together uh, and then walking out of a cafe. So that's a bit of a star-studded area, to be honest. Of course, I am the uh, probably the, the least known person here, but hey, just happy to be at the party. Um, getting ready for a big weekend, but also had quite a big weekend last weekend where I was exhausted. I did an escape room with my dad for his birthday. Um, yeah, it was my dad's birthday on, Sat- on Friday, and then on Saturday morning we went for lunch, and then I surprised him with an escape room. Love escape rooms. Haven't done an escape room probably since pre-COVID, but boy, oh boy, are they fun. And I forgot how much fun they were. I've done heaps. Hadn't done this one, but I've done heaps over the years. And this one was uh, Saw themed, as in the um, horror movie franchise Saw. It was themed to Saw. And really fun because 
some of them are like interactive, right? Like they're kind like, well, they're all interactive. Some of them are like, just go the extra level. And I feel like this was one of them. You basically go in blindfolded and they handcuff you to like part of the room. And then you take your blindfold off and I took my blindfold off and I was handcuffed to inside a cage and there was a dead body next to me. Like obviously not a real one, but like a dead body. And I actually was scared. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then, you know, having to find keys and locks and stuff to get each other out of our handcuffs and everything like that. Real, real crazy fun and uh, solved the escape room with 10 minutes to go. Um, So that was fun. Thanks to everyone who listened to last week's show who has been... um, commenting and sending in square related memes of course uh my mum's classic new catchphrase you're obsessed with square uh which i talked about on last week's episode and and that did really really well bunch of stuff i did want to talk about this week which is good because this is a podcast so if i came on and was like no not much i want to talk about this week see you guys it wouldn't be very good but um i tuned into the triple j hottest 100 like aversions and Called it Believe by DMAs 1. Is that sound effect playing? That sound effect does not appear to be playing. Denver sucks ass. Okay, that was me just testing that the soundboard was working. Yes, it is. I did have a grab of Believe by DMAs there. It's not working. So just imagine it. Um, that's awkward. <laughs> this is this is what you get, guys. We're an independent podcast. I should say that. This is a... You know, there's no big company making sure this podcast goes well. I'll I'll insert a grab-in post here. Okay, but if you do want to, like, help us make money so we can, uh, as I said at the start, doing the bare minimum to give you maximum entertainment, uh, if you do want to uh, help us improve the production quality of this show, feel free to go to patreon.com slash radio Mike. You get the Pat and Mike show every Friday as well. Believe by DMA's one, won the Triple J's Hottest 100 Like Aversions and honestly cannot think of a more deserving winner. That is the best cover that like a version has ever had on triple J. Um, second was bulls on parade by like Denzel, Denzel Curry, Denzel Washington. I don't even know. I didn't even recognize a lot of them, but a lot of my votes actually Denzel Curry. I, I was going to say Denzel Washington. Dude, this has been a disaster of a show so far guys. Um, uh, I was going to say, yeah, uh, a lot of mine got in dumb things by AB original got in. Am I ever going to see your face again? The June rats got in yellow by King stingray got in Grant Perez's school of rock cover got in. So lots of really, uh, really cool songs. And it was fun to listen to. I, I was really glad they did it. The other thing triple J did that I thought was really clever because at the moment, triple J well, it hasn't been rating like as well as it used to. It's a youth station and it's not even a commercial station. Like it's run by the ABC. So it's not like they're, I mean, they want people to listen to it, but it's not everyone, every time the rating survey comes out and Triple J is sort of less than what it maybe used to be or should be, everyone's like, oh, all the like kind of conservative commentators like, oh, we're wasting our money on this youth broadcast, wasting our money on this Triple J, no one's even listening to it. And I think that like, I mean, failing to take into account just radio in general 
is lower in ratings at the moment. And what I mean is that generally speaking, like people aren't listening to radio as much as they used to. Everyone's always like, oh, Triple J, no one's listening to Triple J. Triple J sucks. Like why would anyone listen to it? There's so much to comment on with that. And I, I've worked in radio. Like I, I know what it's like from the inside. Ratings are down because there's so much more entertainment available now. If you're going to listen to radio in your car would probably be the primary place most people would. But now it's so easy to just open Spotify to listen to a podcast or whatever, right? It is hard to just be a radio show now, particularly like, I mean, I think talkback still rates pretty well, but yeah, generally speaking, I think it's, um, it, it's much harder to have a successful radio show these days just because people don't listen to radio as much anymore. There's a lot of legacy brands out there like Kyle and Jackie O still rate really well just because they're such a strong brand and they've like dominated the Sydney market for years and years and years. Right. But trying to build a new show or trying to have like a niche station and, and again, triple J is not commercial, but what they did during this, uh, hottest 100 like aversions that I thought was really clever. And I think they should do it all the time was they live streamed on YouTube. And that's where the audience for triple J is now like young people now, cause it is a youth station. And, and the other thing I hate about like the media and just the public and triple J is every time a new group of hosts starts on triple J Every single person just goes, oh, they suck. Fuck them. These guys suck. I hate them. Oh, no. What happened when Triple J was good, man? Triple J sucks now. These guys suck. Happens every time. It literally happens every time a new group of hosts take over the old hosts on Triple J, which happens a lot because it's a youth station. People get bigger opportunities. They go and do something else. Like happened with Ben and Liam. It happened with Sally and Erica. It happened with, uh, it's happening now with Bryce and Conchetta, right? They're all talented people, but everyone just like reacts so harshly to it. And it's ridiculous because what those people commenting those things don't realize is that they have aged out of Triple J and Triple J is no longer for them. As much as you want it to be for you, it's not anymore. And I realize that. Like I used to listen to Triple J all the time, particularly in like the Matt and Alex and then the Ben and Liam era. But then I just realized like, oh, it's not really for me anymore. Like the music doesn't resonate with me. The hosts don't resonate with me. And that doesn't mean they're bad. It actually means that Triple J is a youth station. You're supposed to stop listening around age 24, 25. Doesn't matter if you don't and you still love it. That's great. But you're not supposed to keep listening to it. Like you can, but you're no longer the demographic. So every time I see a new host come in and they're like, you guys suck. And it happens with everything. But anyway, live streaming on YouTube, the entire like a version hottest 100, I thought was so clever. Sit there, watch it, put it on your TV while you're at home, right? That's how people consume now. Or literally I just had it on my computer while I was doing other work and emails and stuff or whatever I was doing on the day. Just watching Triple J. I think they should live stream everything. And I think they should go to a more tradition, like a more online style of radio station instead like of course they're always going to have the fm band there and that'll work for them but having more digital content online content and live streamed content on youtube part of me wonders if one day everything is just going to be on youtube like obviously i'm oversimplifying it but it's just like 
if there, imagine if there was just one place where you could just stream everything live. Like, oh, the footy's on YouTube. Here's the footy. AFL's done a deal with Google and now you can live stream all you, all footy matches. Like, it'll never happen, but that would be the ideal for me. All sport, anything you want to stream, it's just all on YouTube. Google owns everything. So simple. Probably terrible for, I don't know, the world and, and, and I don't know, consumerism. But, like, no, great for a consumer. Um, so those are my thoughts on Triple J. But generally, like, yeah, like entertainment is so dispersed now. I talk about this all the time, like with people that you can have like a million subscribers on YouTube and you go to a everyday person and go, do you know this person with a million YouTube subscribers? And they go, I've never heard of that person. Whereas I feel like back in the day, in inverted commas, if someone was famous, like everyone knew them. And you look at like people like Hamish and Andy, who I would argue are like household names in Australia. And I reckon they're kind of like some of the last of that ilk. Like, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day about someone that I thought was really famous. And they're like, I have no idea who that is. But it happens all the time. It's like localized celebrity, localized fame and incredibly niche fame. And that's what the internet has allowed everyone to do. It's very interesting. But yeah, when Triple J's ratings go down, it's I don't think it has anything to do with like the station being bad. It's almost exclusively to do with just changing listening patterns and content patterns. I have been trying to get my head around this um <clears throat> this writers strike that's going on. A few people were asking me to comment on it or just talk about it generally and I don't know. I didn't know much about it. So I did a little bit of preliminary research, but um, I don't know if it's specific. I, I don't know how in-depth uh, my opinion is on this and how informed it is. I've just done some like basic reading up on it. And it is really interesting. And I do feel like I should be across some of this stuff because I kind of slightly work in this industry, but also I'm just interested in this kind of world and this field and everything like that. I think the main thing that I can gather from it is that like TV writers and movie writers and stuff basically want more money. They're unionizing, they're collectively bargaining and they're saying, we want this and we want these things and blah, blah, blah. And there's a few things there's basically, you know, it's the classic, Hey, we, we think we should get more money. And then the people at the top are like, no, you shouldn't. We don't want to pay you more money. Cause then that means we make less profit. And of course the world runs on, profit and businesses making as much money as possible while paying people as little as possible. And saw a few interesting things. First of all, this fact, which is which is really interesting. Eight major Hollywood studio CEOs made $773 million in annual salary, I think last year. Meanwhile, many of the workers who write their shows can't afford rent. Here are those uh, CEOs. Ari Emanuel, CEO of Endeavor, $308 million. David Zaslov, CEO of Discovery, $246 million. Bob I, $45.9 million. Bob Chapek, CEO of Disney, $32.5 million. Rupert Murdoch, Fox, $31.1 million. Reed Hastings, Netflix co-CEO, $40.8 million. Ted Sarandos, Netflix co-CEO, $38 million. Brian Roberts, Comcast CEO, $30 million salary. Now, if the riders get their way in their bargaining, 
there'll be $428 million more million for riders each year, which is less than 3% of Hollywood's annual profit. So Ari Emanuel and David Zaslav can foot that bill themselves and still have $63 million salaries next year, but they're not going to do that. The other thing is the differences, and it, and it's kind of like the industry needing to catch up with technological advancement. Basically, the differences in, con, in like how streaming television works with how traditional free to how traditional television works. Back in the day, you'd have like a 22 episode run of a show. So you'd basically be working all year, right? Now a show might get like six to 12 episodes. You're not working all year as a writer and everything is sort of set up for those old school 22 episode season runs of shows, not for uh, like streaming TV shows, limited series. So Basically, I think they have a problem with that and streaming shows don't get reruns or re-aired or anything, right? If you ride on a, one of those old shows and it goes into syndication, everyone makes money off residuals and there might be a lot of residuals coming in. Don't know how much for the riders, but certainly like I think shows like Seinfeld and Friends, like Jerry Seinfeld I think is making millions of dollars of revenue just from syndication around the world of Seinfeld. Then you factor in like DVD sales, which I guess aren't a thing anymore, but like, you know, things like that. Now, again, there's no real physical media sales. Streaming shows like Netflix shows, they don't get sold into syndication. They don't run on free-to-air TV. They're just streaming shows. Like, I guess they're there perpetually for people to watch, but they're not being rerun on TV per se. So uh, Kimiko Glenn who was an actress on Orange is the New Black. She was on 44 of 91 episodes. She shared this video where she made uh, 27 US dollars in residuals. And I kind of thought at first, well, really, how much does she expect to be making on residuals? I don't know any of the ins and outs of it. But I was like, you know, unless you're Jerry Seinfeld, you're not supposed to be making millions of dollars of revenue a year on residuals. But then I thought, well, yeah, I guess the point is she can't make money off residuals because they're locked to Netflix and they're not being rerun every, anywhere else and, and, and whatnot. It is really interesting because, like, it does just come down to bosses and, you know, CEOs and everything just not wanting to pay people more, which is the foundation of this society. And now, as living expenses are increasing so much, for so many of us who are making like an average wage or an average salary, certainly nowhere near the $300 million that the CEO of Endeavor will make. And most of us will never make, well, I would hazard a guess that everyone listening to this podcast will never make $300 million in a year. We will never be on that money. Um, like some of us will be lucky. I reckon maybe one person listening to this will be, will make a million dollars in a year, possibly. I don't know. But you know, the point is we're so far away from being, um, from that money. And we're just like scraping by the cost of living's rising it, but it's these people, you know, the Bob Igers, the Rupert Murdoch's, the Ted Sarandos who are pushing back on writers having these rights. Um, here's something Bob Iger said in an interview. And I respect their right 
and their desire to get as much as they possibly can in compensation for their people. But you also have to be realistic about the business environment and what this business can deliver. You know, being realistic is imperative What do you here. do in the interim, then? Does AI well, start it, to it write a lot the, of scripts? It will, have a, it will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business. And unfortunately, the strike will. there's huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are, you know, who are support services. I could go on and on. It will affect the economy of, you know, different regions even because yeah. of just the sheer size of the business. It's a shame. It Ryder and performer Sean Gunn responded. Um, he said this because a lot of people were really angry that Bob Iger said stuff like, um, it's a shame and it's disappointing and whatever. I think that when Bob Iger talks about uh, what a shame it is, he needs to uh, remember that in 1980, um, CEOs like him made 30 times what the worker, what their lowest worker was making. Now Bob Iger makes 400 times what his low, lowest worker is. And I think that's a shame, Bob. And I think it's interesting because at the end of the day, I think it's to do with, it, like, it's all this ego thing from the richest people in the world. These CEOs, they're like, so, someone in a company has to be making the most money. And if you put everyone's wages up, that discrepancy becomes smaller. As Sean Gunn kind of said there, like back in the 80s, the CEO might have made $30 for every dollar the lowest worker made. Now they're making $400 for every dollar the lowest worker makes. And I think that discrepancy is going to grow. That's the way our society's heading where like some people just have a ton of money and everyone else is just scraping to pay rent and eat food. And... Yes, yeah, someone in a company has to make the most money and then all of the CEOs are like, well, he's making that much. Why am I not making that much? And if I if I actually give back to the workers, because these people make, like, come on, you think about it. I feel like if you are making $1 million a year, you, to me, you don't need to make more money than that. That's just my personal opinion. I just think if you're making $1 million a year, what more do you really want? Like a lot of people say billionaires shouldn't exist. And I kind of agree with that. Like there's no way around it. Like it's not like we can give billionaires a certificate once they make a billion dollars. Like, hey, you beat you beat capitalism. Well done. Here's your certificate. You made a billion dollars. Now it just caps out and you just always just have a billion dollars. You can't make more. You have to redistribute the rest of it. We can't do that. Um, but I still think billionaires shouldn't exist. But you know, all these millionaires making 300 million, 200 million, 45 million, they can easily like distribute some of that wealth, distribute some of it back to their workers and stuff, but they just don't want to because it's like, well, why should I have to do that? Because this other CEO makes this much. It's like this dick swinging contest. It's it's crazy. I always remember this, this story and it, maybe it's just a difference between Western or American and Australian kind of cultures and then Eastern cultures because... I do remember, not to bring it back to Nintendo, but Nintendo of Japan shareholders during the Wii U period, which was before the Switch. So basically the Nintendo Switch has been one of the most successful products in gaming in history. It's sold overwhelmingly. The marketing's been great. Everyone loves the Switch. Before the Switch and after the Wii, the Wii was also very well selling. During that sort of five to 10 year period between them, there was a console called the Wii U. I had one. Sold terribly, was a terrible piece of hardware, had ba- had like very limited software. Like it was just a bad move for Nintendo. 
shareholders started asking questions and were like, why are we losing money? Why aren't we making money? money? What are you going to do about it? And the president of Nintendo of Japan said, I'm taking a pay cut to accommodate for the loss of, of revenue this year. Right. So instead of like laying off all the low level employees and making everyone redundant to save a couple million bucks, he took like a $10 million pay cut of his own to keep everyone employed, to keep the business running. So he made us, he's a CEO who made a self-sacrifice for the business. And now the business is like flourishing again. I just find it interesting because I don't think you would ever see an American CEO do that. And I think that that's why like this strike is going on. And it's so problematic. The other thing that's happening with it, which is interesting because I've talked a bit about this this year, is the writers are bargaining to ban AI script writing or to like severely limit AI script writing and how studios can use AI to write scripts because obviously it's going to take away so many jobs. It's going to ruin their their trade. It's going to make them not be able to get jobs and it's going to make them so replaceable, which I agree with. So they're trying to say in their bargaining, hey, we want to put severe limitations on how studios can use AI writing. Now, obviously the studios don't want to do that because they make, they can save so much money getting AI to write scripts when it gets to that point, getting AI to generate ideas, etc. That's the work you're paying writers to do. Let's just get AI to do it. It's kind of like, if you think about, you know, one day we might have a self-serve McDonald's or like McDonald's that are purely run by robots because that's kind of what it is. Like just making the burgers is step-by-step. You just program the the robot. Hey, here's cheeseburger. Here's Big Mac. You just make it program. You just get people in for maintenance, but you don't have to pay any staff to be making the burgers. Maybe you pay front of house staff to take the orders or something, but I reckon we could see a fully automatic McDonald's store with no humans within the next like 10 to 15 years somewhere in the world, right? And that's kind of like what AI script writing is for this industry. And the writers are like, this is a really bad thing for us. It's not a good thing. But the studios are like, we really don't want to agree to anything because we can save so much money in that. And again, that's what it is at the end of the day. Like the end of the day is business wanting the cheapest option for the most amount of return and bloody Bob Iger doesn't want his $45 million a year salary to be jeopardized by some rider who just wants to feed his family and kids. The whole system is pretty, pretty fucked to be honest. And I don't know a way out of it, but I think it's all ego. It's money. It's profits driven. And that's just how our society is. Um, don't really know. Don't really know what to do from there. I do think there should be limitations on AI being used, but you know, again, it opens up so many cans of worms. If you use AI likeness of an actor, does that actor make money? Do they earn residuals? If you use someone's voice as AI, do they make money? Like how does it all work? Because Disney, I think I spoke about this last year, Disney owns the character Luke Skywalker but does that mean they own Mark Hamill's likeness and they can use Mark Hamill's likeness however they want without his consent and without paying him? Because they own Luke Skywalker and they have done it. They've used AI to generate Mark Hamill's face and generate Luke Skywalker in Star Wars media now that he's too old. So, yeah, 
all interesting food for thought. 20th Century Boy will be right back. We interrupt this broadcast to let you know that you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike, and get the Pat and Mike show as a bonus podcast every Friday, which is a ton of fun. Also, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at TCBpod or me on Instagram at Radio.Mike and on TikTok at Radio.Mike. And also check out my YouTube channel, Radio Mike, if you want to see clips from the show as well as short clips as well. As well as that, if you enjoy listening to me on 20th Century Boy, you'll also love my other podcast, Harry Potter and the Boys, a Harry Potter fan fiction podcast. Each week we read a chapter of my Harry Potter fan fiction that I wrote when I was 13 years old, and it's an absolute blast. And of course, if you're listening on Spotify, please give the podcast a five-star rating right now. I'll wait. All right, back to the show. I uh, I try to do this yearly reminder on Twitter, but I, I realise I've never really spoken about this on the actual podcast before, I don't think, at least. And I just wanted to, you know, I needed to remind everyone. Um, I'm sure you're all familiar with the Super Mario Brothers character Waluigi. Waluigi time. Waluigi, of course, is the um, evil version of Luigi, whose brother is Wario, and he's like the evil you know, Waluigi, everyone knows Waluigi. Now, I've never said this on the pod, and some of you may know this, some of you may not, but I did want to just do a little disclaimer and a little reminder, and I want it to be known that every year on this day, Thursday, the 20th of July, I am declaring Waluigi Reminder Day because I think we all need to remember sometimes that the character of Waluigi from Super Mario only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. He only exists because of that. And he's one of the most iconic characters in the franchise, but the only reason he exists is because in Mario Tennis 64... Everyone had a doubles partner except Wario, I think, and they had to create a new character to be Wario's doubles partner, and it was Waluigi. And here's another fact. At one point, it wasn't going to be Waluigi. It was actually going to be an evil version of Princess Peach called Waru Peach. So imagine that. Eventually they settled on Waluigi. Could have been Walu Peach, but it's Waluigi. He only exists because of Mario Tennis. Look it up. I don't know why I find this fact so remarkable, but I did decide that because today, the 20th of July, is Waluigi Reminder Day, I wanted to go through a bunch of my contacts and just let them know. Hello. Hey, Pat, how are you? Good, how are you, man? Hey, yeah, good. Sorry, just a quick one. I'm just um, ringing everyone to remind them that... um, uh, Waluigi only exists uh, because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. Is this a fucking podcast name? All right, see you, mate. Thanks. Hey, dude. Hey, man. Sorry, I can't talk for too long, but I'm just ringing to remind everyone Waluigi only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. Oh, okay. That seems really important. Thanks, right. man. Bye. Bye. Right here, Mark. Hey, Adam, sorry, man, I can't talk for too long, but I'm just giving everyone a call to um, remind them that Waluigi only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. 
Well, it's funny you say that, Mike, because I actually follow someone who's uh, very astute on Twitter, and, and uh, their tweet alerted me to that fact, and oh. it, uh, it not only informed me of that day, but it made me a more intelligent and worldly human being, so I appreciate the follow. Thanks, man. I've just got to call everyone else. I didn't realise you saw it, but thanks for letting me know you saw it already. <laughs> All right, see you, man. Of course. Right. Bye. Bye. Yo, Mikey. Hey, Dave, sorry, I don't have much time, but I'm just giving everyone a buzz to remind them um, that uh, Waluigi only ever existed because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. Okay. All right, thanks, man. See ya. Just a reminder. Thanks, man. All right, bye. Hello. Hey, Ganon Board, it's Mike. How are you? Hey, going, Mike. I'm not too bad. Hey, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm just giving everyone a buzz to remind them that um, Waluigi only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. See you, man. Thanks. I've just got to call Thanks, everyone Mike. else. Bye. See you, man. I'm in love with you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Hey. Hey, I don't have heaps of time, but I just wanted to... Um, I'm just calling to remind everyone. Do you know the character Waluigi? Yeah. Yeah, Waluigi only actually exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. Okay. Yeah, I'm just letting everyone know. Oh, all right. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. If Wario didn't need a doubles partner, Waluigi never would have existed. Do you want me to tell Julia? Yeah, can you? She's actually in the shower, but I can let her know when she comes out of the shower. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Hey, mate. Hey, man, sorry, I don't have much time. Do you know Waluigi, the character? <laughs> uh, I am familiar. Yeah, did you know Waluigi only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, well, sorry, I'm just letting everyone know. All right, see you, mate. Thanks, Thanks. for the heads up, right, mate. Bye. See Bye. Mum, how are you? Good, I don't have much time. I'm just tr- ringing to remind people. Do you know the character Waluigi from Mario? No. Oh, okay. Don't worry about Waluigi. it. Waluigi. No, Wa- Luigi and Mario. No, Waluigi. No, I don't, Michael. Oh, that's all right. All right, I'll tell you another time. All right, bye. 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 <laughs> G'day, Mike. Hey, Tommy. How are you, man? Good. How are you going? Good. Hey, sorry this is out of the blue and I don't have um, heaps of time, but I, I'm just ringing everyone on my contact list to let them know that um, the character Waluigi from Super Mario only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner in Mario Tennis 64. What are you on about? I'm taken aback by that. <laughs> are you I'm act- interested. Are you I'm actually? definitely interested. Are you actually? Yeah. Do you know the character Waluigi from Mario? Is it, is it a relation of Luigi? Um, uh, he's like the evil version of Luigi. Oh, really? Yeah. So, no, I don't, but I'd love to know more. (laughs) (laughs) So, he only exists because in the game Mario Tennis 64, Wario needed a doubles partner. So, they created Waluigi specifically for that. Oh, that is... I'm quite interested in that, actually. Yeah, it's an interesting piece of trivia, isn't it? But I'm just reminding everyone. I remind everyone every year. So if you want me to remove you from the list, just let me know. No, no, add me. Add me, please. Yeah, cool. I'll call you next year as well. So, Thank you, Mike. I'll I'll see if I can think up anything as well. I'll bring something to the table. Awesome, man. All right, awesome. i got to keep calling. Great to chat, Mike. See you, man. Very special. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So funny. Such a popular character. One of the most, like, memed characters on the internet. So many people love making Waluigi memes. Only exists because Wario needed a doubles partner. I, I, I've said it. I don't need to say it again. Um, there's a new Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy 16 is out on PS5. I might be out on Xbox. It might be out on PC. I'm not sure. Um, apparently, it's amazing. 
uh, everybody I've seen is saying it's like one of the best games ever. And Final Fantasy is interesting. Um, of course, there's the age-old joke of like, oh, Final Fantasy 16. Oh, how is it Final Fantasy then if they keep making new ones? Ha, 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 ha. Funny story behind that, actually. The name Final Fantasy, the original game in Japan, it was called Final Fantasy because I'm pretty sure the creator was like, oh, I'm just going to make one more game and see if it works. He called it Final Fantasy. Then it was really successful, so they kept the franchise going. Final Fantasy is really interesting. I don't know if anyone's played it. Let me know if you have played them. Um, it's interesting because it's, there's, you know, we're obviously on Final Fantasy 16 now, but every iteration of the game is not linked at all. Like there's no sort of continuity or storyline that goes through each game. It's like every single game is a new game completely. And it's more like a loosely connected um, universe, I guess. And each one is supposed to almost be like, this is a reflection of what gaming is at this point in time or like, you know, fantasy role-playing game is at this time. And I've played a few of them. I've never been able to get super into them. Originally, they were all like turn-based games, which is sort of like Pokemon where like, you know, you attack, then they attack and you use it, your different attacks. But a few of the more recent ones have been more like action games. Um, I... And now I'm thinking of getting Final Fantasy 16. I played a bit of the demo, but I didn't really like it. But now everyone's saying it's amazing. So I'm kind of keen to get it. But one of the best gaming experiences I have ever had in my life, and some people who maybe have played it might disagree with me, but in 2016 it would have been, I played Final Fantasy 15. So it's been seven years since a mainline Final Fantasy game came out. And Final Fantasy 15, I played on PS4, was just one of the best games I've ever played in my life. There was something about that game. I think it was like in the game you play as this guy Noctis, but then there are, you have three friends who are in your party and fight with you and stuff. But I think one thing I remember most about it was just the vibe of the game. Like there's this big open world and you can drive between different areas and you, you can't like skip the driving. Like you don't actually drive. The car just automatically drives. But while you're driving, the characters in the car just have like casual conversations. And I just remember being like, oh, they're just like, it's such a weird, like, cozy game where you're just, like, observing these friends' lives, then going to fight a bunch of, like, magical monsters with a really cool, like, combat system for anyone who's into video games. And then you just go in the car, it drives you somewhere else, and it's just... I don't know. I just found the whole vibe of that game. I I 100%ed it, which is where you do everything possible in the game, did every single quest, every single mission... Um, and I just remember it being, yeah, an unbelievable game that just totally hooked me in. Like the whole adventure, the whole, you know, exploring this massive world, killing all these demons and shit. It was amazing. I then like, I also played Final Fantasy X on PS2 and got like 80% through. Thought that one was okay. Story was fun. Characters were fun, but like it was a turn-based one which again, I always just find really slow and not super fun. 
And I did play a bit of Final Fantasy VII, which is probably the most popular and well-known one um, if you're into gaming, which has the character Cloud, who's that blonde guy with the massive sword. And I played... I played a bit of the remake of Final Fantasy VII on PS4 and didn't get too hooked onto it, but I there's a prequel to Final Fantasy VII called Crisis Core and I played that recently on PS5 and just thought that was amazing. Again, because it's just like fast sword action, killing enemies, killing robots and shit, which I just think is awesome. But the franchise itself... You know, I've dabbled in and out. I've never been able to get too hooked on them except for 15, which I thought was absolutely incredible. Of course, my, one of my favourite game franchises, Kingdom Hearts, is directly linked to Final Fantasy um, because it's by the same creators and various characters from Final Fantasy pop up in the Kingdom Hearts games. But, yeah, generally speaking, I just love... I I I I, I always really like the aesthetics of... Final Fantasy, like the visuals of it and what it is, but I've yeah, I've never been super into any of them except 15. Um, which again was just an amazing, amazing game that I loved a lot. And I think they can be a bit hit and miss. Like I think some over the years haven't been as well received as others. I think 13, Final Fantasy 13 is really controversial, but then Final Fantasy 14 is like an online only game. Like you play it with other people online. Final Fantasy twelve was like this weird strategy kind of style one again, which I I haven't I haven't played. I don't even know if there's an I don't know anything about eleven. And then the first few were just like really like old school RPGs. So yeah, really interesting franchise though. You know, there's been movie spinoffs, animated movies, um, like animes, manga books like it's a big franchise in japan as well there's like an arcade game in japan that everyone would play i'd see all these japanese kids playing this final fantasy fighting game that looked insane um in an arcade and i I think i actually tried to play some japanese guy in them when i was in tokyo and i just got decimated by him but yeah very very cool franchise really keen to pick up 16 if anyone's playing it let me know let me know if you think i'd like it Okay, we haven't done this for a while, but I heard a really good one recently and I really wanted to do one of these. It's Radio Mike's Songs You Forgot Existed. Oh, I forgot about that song. So the conceit of this segment, we haven't done it for a while. The idea is you hear this song and it's not like, how do we decide to, to describe it? Here we go, guys, just making up the rules of the game on the fly. It, it's supposed to be like... Songs that when you hear them, you're like, oh yeah, that song. I have not, I don't want it to be too similar. It is similar to Hamish and Andy's Tell Us Someone We Haven't Thought Of for a while, where they're like, oh, bloody, I don't know, Jesse McCartney who sang the song Beautiful Soul. I haven't thought of him in ages. Um, It's, but it is similar to that. It's like, I think when you hear the song, you're like, oh, I haven't thought of this song in so long. It's basically songs you haven't thought of for a while. And um, this one came up actually from Hamish and Andy because they used it in one of their segment opener things. They do like segment opener stings. And I thought, oh my God, I've not thought of that song for a long time. And I completely forgot it existed. Um, So without further ado, and if you let me know, you know, send me a message however you want. Did you forget that this song existed? Here's the song. Get ready. 
Alright, it's been a while since we did one of these. It's another one of Radio Mike's songs you forgot existed. And I genuinely forgot that this song existed. So, have a listen and let me know if you did too. It's I Need a Dollar by Aloe Black. I completely forgot that this song existed. Genuinely have not thought of that song and like heard it and I was like, oh yeah, that song. I think it was on an ad for a while, but it was really big in like maybe 20... 2010, I'm going to say. Couldn't tell you. But anyway, let's do this. The plug. Uh, it is the plug where we plug everything. First thing is um, thank you to everyone who sent in some topics for me to talk about uh, while I bulk record episodes for when I'm on holidays. I am starting that process this week and I've gotten a bunch of some like really thoughtful questions um, that I'm keen to answer. And um Yeah, so just to be clear, there's going to be four sort of pre-recorded episodes, so they're not going to be topical at all, Um, and they're going to be coming out throughout September And because I'm going to be in Europe. And uh, producer Pat will probably be around for some of those. Um, I guess I should prompt there the Patreon, patreon.com slash radio mic. Please sign up, independent podcasts. All the money uh, that we get there really helps keep this podcast afloat. But, yeah. Um, still feel free to send in on any way you can, any question you might have or topic for me to talk about on the podcast. Uh, you can get in touch with me at radio.mike on Insta, uh, Insta uh, Twitter at it's radio Mike, threads radio.mike, the YouTube channel, the Discord, message me if you're not in it and want to be in it, and the uh, email radiomikepod at gmail.com. Just get in touch, email anything you guys help build the show, especially those shows. Um, and how it will work when I'm overseas is you will get your normal Thursday TCB app. They just will be pre-recorded episodes. They won't be topical. And then every Friday you will get a TCB world tour special. They will just be like 45 minute audio only, um, just me talking about what I've been doing in Europe, what I've been doing since I'm away, where I am in the world and et cetera. And uh, yeah, so you'll actually get more content while I'm away um, because yeah, I'm going to, rep- I'm going to record the first bulk recorded episode. Harry Potter and the boys is still running. We don't always just read my Harry Potter fan fiction. We also talk about a bunch of other stuff that comes up. And of course, um, something that went really viral recently was I was talking about D12, the band that Eminem was in. And I thought there were 12 members of D12, did a TikTok about it and got decimated in the comments and finally did a follow-up to that. I said there was 12 members in D12. There's not. There's only only six. The onslaught of abuse from people on TikTok being like, you Idiot, you don't know anything about D12, man. Oh, my God, I believe... No wonder we couldn't name all 12 members. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting there like, we've only got Eminem, Proof and... Bob and yeah, Caniva. Caniva. <laughs> they should be called D6. I am working double time at the moment to get all this content ready for when I travel because I want to still have clips going out, scheduled, everything like that. Um, so, yeah, Harry Potter and the Boys will also continue while I travel as well. Um, We just need to figure out when I'm going to do that because I have a bunch of work to do coming up. 
Um, but that is pretty much it for now. Uh, really looking forward to my trip and, you know, got a big week weekend coming up this weekend as well. So I'm going to leave it there. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really enjoying doing the pod again since the week off. Uh, message me anytime. Love you long time. My name's Boom Radio Mike. This has been the inside of my mind. See you later. Thanks for listening to the show this week. If you want to catch up on anything you've missed or just re-watch any particular bit, head to the YouTube channel to see clips from the show chopped up for your convenience. If you don't have time to listen to the full show every week, head to the YouTube because all of the clips are there. Plus, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike, so we can help take the pod to the next level. We'll see you next week. This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com.